0: Hi everybody! So this is really exciting. Uh, we are here uh, to talk about the animated film Your Name. Uh, this, is, I've been gushing about this movie for about since I first saw it I think in, in uh, December. And uh, so I'm really excited to kind of get down into the nitty gritty now that more people have seen it.
1: Uh, and my friend Christine is here to talk about it with me. And Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Christine Tyler and I have a YouTube channel as well called uh, See Tyler Vision. That's the letter C, Uh, and yeah, it's mostly about family and travel, but I love books and movies. I'm just really bashful about expressing my opinions about them sometimes (laughs) online, so it takes doing these live shows with Rachel to kind of bring it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's awesome, and you should definitely check out uh, her channel, and this is going to be really fun. We are going, this is going to be heavy, heavy spoilers. We're going to be getting into the nitty-gritty, so if you haven't seen your name, you should see it. It's in theaters now. It's, at, I think, something like 350-some-odd theaters across the country. If it's not playing by you, then I would encourage you to let your th- local theater know that you want to see it, uh, and, because that actually does make a difference, uh, especially if you have like a, a smaller theater, an art house theater, some place some theater like that uh, that's more independently run. I, I communicate with my local art house theater all the time and I tell them oh you know I've re- I saw this trailer this looks really good I encourage you to have it um, I follow them on Twitter and uh, we so I, I really definitely would encourage you to to do that because <laughs> uh, it does help and uh, I think it was really cool last weekend, uh, the your name uh, in, in these small number of theaters was 13th Place, uh, which is not too shabby, I, I don't think, <laughs> for what it is, uh, at the box office last weekend. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, why don't you first just explain kind of how familiar you are with anime. Uh, and, you know, are you a big anime fan? Are you a big Where are you at, Christine, on this genre, or the style? So,
1: yeah, I mean, I got into anime when Sailor Moon was on Deke before it was on Cartoon Network. Um, So that was kind of my entrance, and I was really into it when I was a teenager, but then I saw Trigun and Cowboy Bebop, and then nothing compared, and so ever since (laughs) that, Um, I've had a hard time finding anime that I truly love aside from Miyazaki films, so I've kind of been subsisting on Miyazaki films, um, since then, and I love sharing them with my kids, Mm -hmm. um, so anime has, like, a really... It's hit and miss. Yeah, it has a strong hold in my heart, but I am very picky with it, I'm not... I know, the last anime I did watch, I do have like a subscription on Crunchyroll. Um, the last one I watched that I enjoyed was Orange.
0: Mmm, um, heard of that one.
1: It's, it's pretty cool. I'll have to tell you about it another time, but, um, let's see. I was gonna no. say something. What was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. but then I think one of the biggest things that affected, um, anime viewing was moving <laughs> to Japan. So for those of you yeah. who don't know, um, my husband and I lived in Japan for about three years. So that's probably going to come up more than once in this discussion because it definitely changes the way that I view and enjoy anime for sure. Oh, and then another favorite is Paradise Kiss. I really, really oh, like that one. Oh, I haven't heard one. of that one either. <laughs> well, that's definitely worth talking about.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I admit it. I I still am not as uh, well-versed clearly as we've just seen in anime as I should be as an animation addict. Um but I—I I mean, there's still Studio Ghibli's that I have not seen. Uh, I <laughs> I'm still checking a few off the off the list. But I do love—I uh, love Studio Ghibli's films. I've yet to see even ones like Tales of Ursia, which gets, I think, an inordinate amount of hate, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think it's a—it's not a great movie, but I don't think it's a horrible movie like people make it out to be. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I, I just—I find enjoyment. In all of their films, in Studio Ghibli, and most of them, I think, are, are darn well perfect. <laughs> I just I love watching their movies, and so uh, yeah, I as far as non Studio Ghibli, that's where I, I really get holes. I've seen um I've seen Paprika, which I loved. I've seen uh, Summer Wars, um, which I loved, and I've uh, I've seen Ghost in the Shell just recently, and um Akira. And Ghost in the Shell, I thought, was a little convoluted, but I liked it. But it was a little messy, I thought. <laughs> and, and then Akira, I, I, I thought, was just sort of a visceral experience. If you want to mm-hmm. go to a movie where it's just like, oh, my gosh, there's all these colors and sound. And, and uh, it, it was, I got to see that in the theater uh, that they, at, at the Art House Theater, Salt Lake Film Society, did a special summer screening of it. On, they have, on Friday nights, they have classic movies and they did it one of those and it was really cool to see on the big screen and just sort of surrounded by that by it It was really really neat and so those are actually the only ones I've seen but I really want to see uh, more Masada want to see more of his stuff because I've heard they're just amazing and I I, oh I have also seen Garden of Words by Makoto Shinkai the director of this of your name and I loved it I thought it was great Uh, and so I want to see his other films. I've heard that I think, Five Centimeter or something. Anyway, he has another one uh, some, uh, that um, is supposed to be really good. Uh, So, you know, you, nobody's seen everything. He- <laughs> I haven't seen a
1: lot of the titles that you've mentioned, frankly. Yeah. Like, I am dying to see Garden of Words and Summer Wars, and I still haven't seen them. So. They're
0: really, really, really good. I, I really, wait. yeah. So,
1: all right. Well, cool. Well, that's good to know. So what were your
0: overall thoughts about, uh, about your name? It's a
1: masterpiece, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. I loved this movie. Um, <laughs> and even like, it really affects my overall view of the movie, but I mentioned to you that my husband actually saw this before I did, because we were on a plane. And I was already watching a movie, he was scrolling through looking for a movie, and I saw your name come up on the screen, and I was like, oh! <laughs> oh, Rachel has been talking about this movie nonstop. You should watch this movie. Like she has great taste and just completely on like my recommendation based on your recommendation. He started watching it and he loved it. And so as soon as he finished watching it, he was like, you should, you, you've got to watch this. This is the best thing. And so I, he then watched it again with me. Um, so he loved it too. Just so much love for this movie. That's all. <laughs> yeah
0: that's so awesome and you know i just when you said that it just made me think also i i do love sailor moon i have a, a a heart for sailor moon uh and i but i think that this film is so unique in the way that it is i i think that it not only has something for everyone but i think that it's not one it's not an anime that feels particularly masculine or particularly feminine like because it has these two leads, unlike a lot of like Ghibli films or other things like that, which have almost all female leads, this, I just feel like anybody should be able to sort of connect with either of these two characters. And so, and I don't know, it's just interesting you say that about your husband loving it too, because I think that's one reason why it's just taken off with so many people, is because it just has so many touch points that so many people can relate to.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 So,
0: Oh yeah! I'm clearly, everybody knows was my favorite movie of two thousand sixteen. Uh, I love it. I saw it. I saw it twice on Saturday, and then another time on Monday. So I've seen it three. Like, there's not that many movies that I could literally watch. I like. I watched it once with the subtitles, and then I just stayed in my seat and watched it again with the <laughs> English dub. I. I can't think of that many movies that I could do that with and, right. and and just love it both times and get so much out of it and get new things out of it every time. I feel like it's such a rich movie. It's such a deep movie, but it's also like one that's perfectly fine to just sort of enjoy it as a lark. Like it, there's just so many ways to sort of enjoy this movie, I feel like. And so I, uh, I loved it. I just loved, 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 loved it. So, definitely all right so I guess we should maybe do a little a little kind of well I mean let's I was gonna say should we do a little summary but let's not let's just sort of summarize it as we ask the questions so we have this initial the movie starts out with of course you have Mitsula, the, the female character, the female teenager, and you have Taki, the male teenager. And uh, the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie starts out as this body-swapping kind of comedy, like Freaky Friday or whatever. And so my first sort of question is, like, what did you think about that sort of segment? Did you think it was funny? And also, how did you feel about the way it explores gender and sexuality in,
1: <laughs> the, in that part? These are great questions. <laughs> they really are. Well, I think that one thing the movie does right that I noticed on my second viewing was they don't start immediately with the wake-up scene. They do have the comet crashing down. And then both That's characters point. talking about how they'll wake up crying and they don't know why. Um, and so I think that tonally that, that saves that beginning from making you think that you're watching something that you're not. Like there's That's something in the back of your mind that lets you know, this is going to have a different tone than this, it, the comedy that we that immediately greets us. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I guess there are a couple different ways to like answer this, but um, my husband when he started watching the movie on the plane, and it has this you know girl grooming herself, he just looks over at me and he's like, "What is this?" Wait, and I was like, my friend recommended it. It's so <laughs> good. Just keep watching. I'm sure it's good, you know, and uh, he caught on really fast that, okay, this isn't just, you know, here for uh, fan service. Yes. Um, but I, I think I mentioned to you that I think that's the one, and there, there are two components to this, but I think that's the one factor in the movie that might turn away people who would otherwise have otherwise have really liked it. So for instance, my husband, his parents love foreign films. And so he has already recommended this movie to his parents, but he's like, don't worry about like the, the first scene, like just right. don't worry about it. Don't think too much about it, you know, um, because they're like, they're not normally anime fans. This isn't the type of thing they're normally going to be watching. So that might Be like, oh, is this that, those Japanese cartoons, you know? (laughs) I think that it almost, it fearfully touches on some stereotypes that uh, stop people from watching anime. But, and here's the second component. Right. How could you not? How could you not have this scene in a body-swapping story about a boy and a girl? Like, (laughs) a boy wakes up and he has boobs. A girl wakes up and she has a penis. Like, How can this not be there? It's the first thing everybody thinks of, you know, especially if they're an adolescent.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that one of my friends was saying that they, that was actually their, this was their favorite part of the movie because it sort of had an honesty to it about that. You don't normally see in film about people and their like feelings about their body. Uh And you know, I think that that is really true that I don't know, just being like, my body's really weird. Like, it's just so weird. Like it feels sometimes you just feel weird. Like, and I felt it captured that feeling. I don't think I've ever <coughs> seen a movie that quite captured sort of the, that feeling and in quite the way it did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, especially with like Nitsa's little sister Yeah. because she doesn't, I mean like, she's like, Oh, you're so weird. But yeah, it's really not that out of place to, you know, right. have a sibling and everyone's, simultaneously figuring themselves out, you know, like, right, the kind of thing might happen. <laughs> and that is one thing I liked better about the sub, sub
0: than the dub, uh, than the English one, is because I felt like she went from, the sister went from being sort of this cute character in the dub, she was more sort of caustic, it was a mm-hmm. little bit more, I don't know, just, it just wasn't as cute <laughs> mm-hmm. as the, as the, uh, in the uh, sub version, mm. I felt like personally. Um, I don't know, what about this idea of sort of, I don't know, we live in the world of transgender and all this stuff like that, like this idea of sort of gender being this sort of fluid thing, or or what do you, what do you think the movie kind of has to say about gender?
1: You know, I actually thought that it had some really kind of beautiful things to say about gender, that they're their souls seem to be gendered even when their bodies switched because you have, for instance, um, Taki's employer who's only interested in Taki when he's actually Mitsuha and he's not, she's not really interested in Taki. And then, so it, it almost makes you think like she is attracted to this woman. She's not attracted to the man and the body doesn't make a difference. And yeah. then um, they slipped in this really interesting moment too, where Taki's talking to his male friends. Um, in one of the, it's around like the 30 minute mark. And when he's Mitsuha, his friend is like, he's kind of cute. Like, I yeah. thought that was kind of cute. And true. so it's, it's showing like this straight character is going to be interested in a woman, whether that woman is embodied in a male or female body. So I thought, I thought that was really yeah. interesting.
0: That so. is interesting. Yeah. And that, I uh, that, I don't know, there's just certain... Uh, that I don't know. There's certain things that uh, about. Uh, oh, Tom Blake needs. Just says, is that a new look? Christine is trying. <laughs> <Am> I <laughs> trying too hard. <laughs> Let me know. No, <laughs> <laughs> looks great. Uh, <laughs> I think he he likes it. So, uh, but um, uh, but yeah. So I I don't know. I just feel like the idea of sort of how attractive it is when we see things. That are particularly masculine in a woman versus, and also particularly mm-hmm. feminine, at least stereotypes. But you see that also with uh, particularly feminine in in male characters. That that's a very attractive quality, which is interesting to in society. Particularly, you saw it when, like, when uh, Mitsua kicks over the desk when she's playing basketball, stuff like that. You know that she's sort of more masculine in this feminine body, that that's very, sort of, it's interesting.
1: And she says to him, I'm more popular, or you're more popular when you're me, or he says that, he says that to her, you're more popular when you're me.
0: Yeah, stop trying to screw up my relationships. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very, very, very interesting. And I like how you said there about how it's not, it's not necessarily like, oh, is this straight character uh, gay? Because um, he's, you know, was attracted to to um, Taki, but it really, that's sort of compelling that he's not gay because he was attracted to Mitsuo. Really, yes, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. And did you you find that? Did you find it funny? Did it make you laugh? The body switching.
1: Yeah, the it's body switching. It's so hilarious. So funny, right? Just. And, and even when they were like, oh, we've got to set some ground rules, and the ground rules are hilarious. They're like, no baths, no looking, no touching, you know, yeah. and they're both breaking the rules, yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and just like the, the, I feel like the music works really well too, where, uh, you know, the voice acting and the music, I didn't see the dubbed version, so I can't speak for yeah. that, but, you know, they're like building together until they get to this moment. It's like exactly yeah. the 30-minute mark where they're like, switching places. I mean, it's just,
0: (laughs) yeah, it builds so well. And there's just so many little things are so hilarious. Like I love her her, like absolute thrill of going to the cafe. Yes. (laughs) And she's like taking the pictures of all the food. And he's like, stop it. Stop (laughs) eating. Stop spending all my money.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And actually it's funny too, because um, there's a different uh, financial dynamic too in Japan where, The men will generally provide for the family, but the women will balance the budget. Um, oh, and so I thought it was a funny thing that she's spending his money in a way he doesn't like. And I think to a Japanese person, that would be reminiscent of a marriage because she's in oh, charge of the money, but he's earning the money. So...
0: That's interesting. That's really good insight, uh, because they do. Say, he does say, you know, he's like, "Stop spending all my money," and then she's like, "Well, you're working too. You're working too many shifts," and then he's like, "Because you're spending all my money." <laughs> yes, because exactly. I can. So I can see that dynamic that you're talking about, and you know, I know that that makes sense, and I I like uh, how I don't know, just that enthusiasm for going to a cafe. And I grew up in a small town, so I can I can definitely relate to that. I mean, like. Uh, I don't know, it's just like, maybe not a cafe, but like, when we got to go to the outlet mall or something like that, I was like, oh, I did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you go to the outlet mall, it's so exciting. And, <laughs> uh, or, you know, it's just like, when, you, when you're in a small town and, and you get, you get to experience the big city, it's, it's, it's really exciting. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, <gasps> cafe! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. So. All right. So uh, you already answered kind of this question uh, a little bit, but I said how was this portion of the movie uniquely Japanese? You talked a little bit about that. Uh. But I don't know. I, I I felt like I I haven't lived in Japan, but I've been to Japan, and I have we have a lot of family connections to Japan, and I I, I feel like the. I feel like it would be sort of a, a harder transition to, America, to set this in America if they tried to, like, make it English. Because I, I do feel like the, the gender roles and different things are more traditional in Japan. Am I right on that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's <laughs> <was> my impression. <laughs> so I think it works a little bit better in that regard. And also just things like dynamic with her father. Uh, I, I think feels uniquely Japanese to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, It's funny because it's like, I, I think that there were a lot of things. One of the things my husband loved about this was how nostalgic it made him because there are so many details that are just spot on. And it was like so many. I was trying to take notes on things that – you don't normally see in anime and that they were bringing in that felt so completely Japanese. But I I do think that the culture is the one thing that you couldn't trade out Um, there. And and the thing is, too, is I mean, I I can't claim to understand Japanese culture uh, because I was there for three years. And I think it's kind of funny, like um, I love Chris Stuckman. But, like, Chris Suckman loves to, like, give this massive disclaimer about, like, how much he loves whatever genre or movie yeah, that's or true. franchise that he's watching. And he's, like, <laughs> he was, like, I don't think that people could really understand this movie if they didn't have, like, a really big background with Japanese uh, culture. And he was, like, and I do because I watch a lot of anime. And I was, like, no, no. Like, I lived there for three years, and there's stuff that goes way over my head. Yeah. You know? Way yeah. I-
0: I do think that for people that are, I I, I kind of did agree though with him his point. If like if you're if you're not a anime kind of fan, I think this movie might be more of like a B hmm. for you, whereas like it's more of an A. Do hmm. you
1: think maybe no? I will have to see what my husband's parents think. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's definitely out of their medium, but um. I think they'll like it. I, I I don't know. I think this is actually this kind of movie that I would introduce somebody to anime through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the only part that I, I do think
0: the I don't know, the only feedback I've gotten from a couple people is that the, the last kind of half of the movie gets a little confusing for them. And okay. I do think having a little bit of a background uh, in the genre and in Japanese culture helps a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, but you know, I, I it just depends on the person. Everybody's different. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, and so I, far, almost everyone I've recommended to has has loved it. So yeah.
1: And I also might be taking some of my background knowledge for granted too. Like it's hard for me to watch this, imagining I don't know right. what I know. Right. Um, not even in technical details, but just like things that I've experienced or seen or felt. You mm-hmm. know. Um,
0: so, yeah, because yeah, obviously, like the religious stuff is very. If you're looking for these, are uniquely Japanese. All of the um, uh, Mits- Mitsu, Mitsuba, Mitsubi? 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 Mitsuba, the the uh, the blah, sorry, the Shinto, uh, religion. That's obviously uniquely Japanese. Yes, but I don't. At least for me, I didn't feel like I needed to understand a lot about that religion to be able to under- to follow it. For me, yeah. that just wasn't yeah. my experience. Yeah, I
1: would
0: agree. Um. So. Uh, Tom Blake did say Stuckman grew up with a lot of things and that is so true about his channel. It Hurricane, is. I, grew I, up I, with I Godzilla. love Chris Stuckman. I like, grew up, up I watch with all peanuts. of his reviews.
1: <laughs> I watched all of his reviews, but <laughs> like, you got, uh, sometimes you just have to smile. You're like, yeah, yeah. you know, you're the biggest fan. You're the biggest. <laughs> yeah. Number one.
0: Grew up with Star Wars. Grew up with Batman. Grew up. with <laughs> like, calm down. I um, yeah. love you, Chris.
1: Um, if you ever see this, we love yeah. you. We love your guts.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was just sort of funny. Um, yeah, so there is sort of this uniquely from the very, like you were saying, from the very first frame, there is this spirituality, this Japanese spirituality that is brought into play. And uh, I, I I, think that, I don't know, I, I I, think that it explains it pretty well with, like, the grandma and other things. But, um, you know, so that it's just interesting. But did you like... Mitsua and Taki as lead characters, did you bond with them?
1: Um, Mitsua, I did. Taki, mm-hmm. I just liked him because Mitsua did. Interesting. Um, I had a harder time with him because hmm. I felt like he was more of the just like stand in, generic, like anime guy. I feel like even down to his haircut, I was like, we see this haircut on like every single stand in generic japanese yeah it's it's like the boy japanese mary sue character so um but the thing is is, Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe i felt like i had that impression for the first like two thirds of the movie because i don't i do think that he really rises to the occasion yeah um, in the end so i don't think he stays that way so i guess i did slowly I guess I'm him. so used to anime films being led
0: by the female protagonist. I actually found this kind of refreshing with Taki. Oh. The way that he is the one that kind of has to follow all the clues and he's the one that has to figure everything out. And I I, th- I thought that was kind of kind of refreshing actually. That makes sense.
1: My mm-hmm. computer might run out of batteries. so I'm going to grab my cord real quick. Hang on. Okay. Yeah,
0: cuz he uh I don't know, he has a uh, connection with his spirituality and with his uh, soul in a way that I feel like you don't necessarily always see with, um, with male characters. What I said real quick, I meant it! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <Okay. laughs> Tom Blankney says, <laughs> I grew up with KFC. That's funny. Uh, 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 there we go.
1: We got it. It's, it's all it's okay. all set up. I'm good. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was like fine. partway into our conversation. I was like, wait a second. Oh, and now I'm realizing my outlet's not turned on. <laughs> <Sorry>. Oh dear. <laughs>
0: Okay, now. <laughs> That's all right. No problem. Uh, so, yeah, I actually really kind of, the more I see it, the more I really like him as a character. I just yeah. feel like he is, uh, he he's given a, uh, he, you see him sort of grow in his, kind of relationship with his boss. You see them uh, grow Uh, him trying to sort of absorb the fact that he's more feminine, I think is interesting, but also just, he has a connection with his spirituality that I think you don't sometimes see with male characters, you know, Mm. that he feels this in his heart so much and it's really like weighing him down. And, I don't know. I just feel like you don't know. Like if you think about like your classic romantic comedy or your classic kind of thing, you, how often do you really see sort of the male character, the one sort of putting all the clues together and, and, you know, fighting for for fighting for the love, fighting for the, the romance, you know, the, the other people. And uh, so that I, that's what I, I
1: liked about, liked about him. Mm. I think that all makes sense. And yeah. I, like you said, you know, that you kind of like him more and more the more you watch it. And I've only seen it like twice now. So right. I'm going to have to keep that in mind because I think you're right. And that's a good point. Yeah, but I, I can see,
0: because I, I had a little bit of that impression too when I first saw it too, that Mitsua was more the lead. And now I'm kind of, I don't know, just sort of wondering about that. Right. <laughs> but they're both really good characters. I think I really like Mitsua and how, uh, how sort of, I think I feel like she's a very honest character. She's very honest with her friends. She's very honest, like she's not somebody who's like holding all of this inside, and you know, not kind of being who like she's in the very first scenes. You see her screaming out to the, you know, to the to the gods basically, uh, that uh, of kind of what she wants out of life, and and I think that's that's really refreshing. Yeah. So, um, okay, so what did you think of their friends, of how their friends responded? We've talked a little bit about this, but how their friends responded to the more feminine and masculine uh, Mitsua and Taki. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it I was mean, interesting.
0: It was really interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, one thing that I really liked about this show was if your friend just started acting really really weird one day and then they were normal the next day i think the response would be really similar to what the show does where the friends are just like you were weird yesterday like what the heck it was like you had amnesia and then they would just kind of not care because no one's gonna be like oh my gosh are you switching bodies you know i feel like (laughs) with another treatment the friends would be like they'd be like figuring it out and stuff and wanting to get involved and it's like you're not gonna do that like People just have, like, manic episodes sometimes, so you're just going to write it off, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I loved how involved Mitzvah's friends get um, in the whole, you know, saving the town and uh, stuff yeah. like that. It's like, yeah, that they're, that they're... was beautiful.
0: <laughs> it's, it's really beautiful. They're they're pretty quick to agree to blow up a <laughs> 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 if I was gonna say that maybe as a plot hole is that uh, it's like they they really joined in on this uh, this criminal criminal activity
1: very quickly. Well, and but I think that's something need for the story. character, you know, because yeah. who is she? You know, from the beginning, I think they have this deep respect for her because she is a preserver of their country's traditions, and you know their indigenous um, religion. Uh, and I think that that is going to make her a credible source in their eyes. And so if she's like, this is, the, you know, here is a very like far out spiritualistic thing that's going to happen. I think she'd be the first person they believe if they told her them that, or if she told them that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very well said. I agree. Taki's friends would probably be like, no, you're, no, you're just crazy, dude. I don't <laughs> think they would have
0: believed in <laughs> <then. laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that 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 her continuing on the traditions of the town actually sort of made her spirituality probably more compelling and more believable.
1: I think so. There I I think there's a very deep reverence in Japan, frankly for anybody who is religious. Um, you know, mm-hmm. from my experience, people were very secular, but mm-hmm. Whatever your religion was, if you practiced it piously, they thought that was amazing. People yeah. were very interested in it. So
0: that that's really that's that's interesting. Um, okay, so we learned from the grandma that uh, the Masubi God connects people. That's that's its job. Mm-hmm. It's connecting people, and this becomes a theme of the movie. Uh, and uh, what did you think of this? Uh, and again, kind of, was, was, was Musubi and the spirituality confusing at all for you?
1: Um, no, because I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we kind of discussed this a little bit yeah. um, when I saw the questions, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to answer all these technical questions about this movie. Um, so I, I'm going to kind of backtrack. Can you ask me the first part of that question again? So we learned
0: from grandma that the Musubi God connects people and that becomes a the theme of the film. Okay. And, and so, yeah. What did you think of this?
1: Yeah. Um, so one, one of the themes is the red string of fate as well. Um, that Musubi yes. is using as a tool in order to bond these people together. And just that as a trope is something that I have enjoyed for a really long time um, because oh, interesting. It's, it's a popular trope uh, in, pretty much like all Asian storytelling. I feel like it's, it's reoccurring. I don't think it's just Japanese, but I, okay. I, I won't say I know where it comes from. Cause I don't, cause it represents the cord represents time. Correct. I thought that it was fate. I thought, okay. that, but I, again, I can't speak as an authority on it, but um, I used to read an online comic by an artist named Jen Wang called strings of fate and I think I was like 13 when I started reading this, and that was my first introduction to it, and I believe she is a Chinese-American, if I get that wrong, I'm... and if she ever saw this, I'm sorry if she's not a Chinese-American. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that kind of introduced me to the Strings of Fate, and um, it was just like, okay, the, the concept is just that everybody has someone that they're tied to, or sometimes the lucky few have someone that they're tied to, and they, uh, like the, you know, show says like this, it may get tangled, it may break, but they'll eventually find each other. So it's mm-hmm. kind of that like predestination idea that you see in Western yeah. romance. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cause we learned that, that grandma has had her own experience like this. You know, that she yeah. talks about that. She, she like to, she says something to the effect of uh, treasure, treasure those moments uh, because they're, they're just like a dream to her. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, that was another thing where I just, I'm like, I don't, I don't think too much about it (laughs) because I thought it was so cool. Like, oh, this happened to grandma too. But I, I don't know if the nitty gritty would like really enhance it for me. I kind of, um, when I was talking to you about it earlier, I compared it to magical realism. Mm -hmm. Um, like one, book of magical realism that I really enjoy is 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Um, Interesting. I haven't read that. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a very interesting book and I, it took me a year to read it and then the second book of his Love in the Time of Cholera that I read, it took me like three days because the way that you read has to change because I feel like in a lot of the media that we get in the States we're backstory happy, we're flashback happy, like everything has to be explained, like they ruined yeah. Star Wars with midi Clorians because they had to answer the how, and yeah. it's like no one wanted to know how the force worked, like stop. Yeah, that's that's a valid point, <laughs>
0: that's true. I mean, that's what I think is so great about this movie though, is it can be enjoyed on so many levels, that's what I'm saying, you can like enjoy it as just sort of a silly lark, you really can right. Or, or you can dive into the nitty-gritty about the religion and the, you know, and you could enjoy it on that level and, and everywhere in between. I feel like it has that potential to kind right. of uh, – it's not a movie – like, I love Interstellar. I think Interstellar is great. But a lot of people don't like it, and that's fine. Um, but it, I do admit that Interstellar is more sort of – we're going to push this sort of – this philosophy and this thing. We're going push it, to push it more into the plot. We're going to make it more – uh, like it's more sort of you kind of have to go with it or you don't go with it there's not a lot of as much in between I feel like with Interstellar whereas there's a lot of in between I think here there's so many different ways to kind of embrace it or not embrace it yeah so
1: yeah and oh yeah. uh, well, what I was gonna say before I like make a reference and then never explain why I made the reference to 100 years of solitude uh-huh. is because stuff oh, yeah. will happen like um, you know a person will have yellow butterflies follow them around for their whole life or a woman while she's hanging the laundry ascends to heaven, um, or a character survives in the back room for like four generations. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and it's never explained. It'll just be like mentioned offhandedly, like and then butterflies followed her around for the rest of her life. And the thing is, is, like it'll really slow you down and make it take a year to read the book if you try to figure out like, yeah. why or why you know or if how, you if like if that you kind of about it.
0: yeah if you like that kind of story you should watch Beasts of the Southern Wild. I have seen
1: bits of that, that movie. Yeah. It's, it's yes. very magical realism. I feel like, yeah, I, that's actually on my to watch list, but I'm going to write a little note to myself. Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, uh, so that is really, really interesting point for sure. So we already talked about the braided cord. Um, and I think that was portrayed so effectively uh, when you see uh, – because one of the themes that I found in the movie is that it was about the humanity of strangers. That was what really moved me is the idea that you can be in this uh, – it's sort of the philosophical concept of the other and that you that you can deny someone's humanity until you – like somebody can just be a mass of people. You can be on a train and there's just like it's just people. But when you recognize a person's humanity and you start to know their story, you recognize their uh they go from being the other to the being is what it's called in philosophy. Um, to being a human being to being a fleshed out, how you 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 will do almost anything for that person once you understand their humanity. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in our our faith, it's like once you once you understand that somebody's a child of God. Mm-hmm. Then you you want to do anything to share share with them to uplift them to help them and especially if, if with so the way I love the fact the way that Taki and Mitsua both of them kind of like it says from the very beginning like you're saying that they have this this yearning inside them and they're looking for that that person and that's just so beautiful to me and I I think about that all the time uh, that you know you just you meet people. And you just have this connection and you feel like, I I feel like I've known this person my whole life. And it was especially true on my mission, you know, where I would meet people and I was just like, I know that I'm supposed to help you. I know for sure. And, (laughs) uh, and, you know, we, and I, I just feel like that, that's so beautiful. I can't think, I don't know if I can think of another movie that, that sort of captures that feeling yeah, uh, so well, and as soon as Taki kind of Taki gets the uh, the cord, you know, from Mitsua and three, you know, for three years, he he just feels like he's searching for something and someone. I just I just love that. I don't know. <laughs> did yeah. did you did you sense any? Did you like that kind of uh, yeah. thing? And, yeah.
1: And I think <laughs> that you you calling it the humanity of the other is really a good way to put it. Especially because the, to Mitsuha, the last thing that she is, is a handsome boy in Tokyo. You know, like that's yeah. the polar opposite. And that's why she wants that. It's because it's so different from who she is. So it's yeah. for her, it's a definition of the other.
0: Yeah, that's uh, very true. And just when, when Taki goes through Mitsuha's life after he drinks the sake is just ah. so moving, I thought. I was... Tears oh are running gosh. down my face. Oh, I mean, like gonna get tears just like thinking about it, right? Oh, just when you Ugh. you you understand who a person is and and what they've endured in their lives and how just that just it just makes you. It's hard. It's just hard to. Uh, to to not cry, <laughs> I right. think when when you understand like who someone really is and and how they matter to God, how they matter to their loved ones, just who they are as a person, right. and uh, so I, that's that's my favorite thing about this movie is just like the connection to humanity and how because uh, some people are like oh I've I've had a couple people said oh well, the first part. Was the best part, and then it gets a little convoluted in hmm. the in the last part, which is fine if you like the first part. First part, brilliant. That's fine. I don't I don't have a problem with that. But for me, the first part is more sort of like Freaky Friday. It's it's something I've seen before in other movies, you know, body swap movies, and even things like The Family Man, or you know, it's just lots of movies where someone trades places and and things like that, and yeah. <clears throat> which is fine. Uh, but for me, just the, it's just such a beautiful, richer experience uh, as it moves along. And uh, and so I guess my next question was, were you surprised that the body swapping stopped so suddenly? And why do you think that uh, Misubi ha- like, did that? Why do you think that she stopped or he or whatever, the gods
1: stopped that from happening? Um, she is a goddess. Um, okay. So like the first part to that is like was I surprised and I also kind of want to um address what you were saying about friends feeling like the first part was the best part and then it kind of like goes off the rails um I feel like this movie was designed to subvert your expectations yes and in order to subvert your expectation you have to create an expectation and not everybody is going to appreciate having the rug pulled out from under them yes um I've actually kind of seen this with my own writing because I have a story that I'm writing about, like, a woman who's married to a tyrannical king and she has an affair with, like, the handsome captain of the guard. And it starts out with, you think, you know, who all of these people are and what they're going to do. And the whole point about a third of the way through the book starts to get a little shifty. And then halfway through the book, you realize that everything you thought about these characters was wrong. Um, And just hearing feedback from people reading that, they're like, wait, and it like scares them. They're like, am I reading this wrong? Because I kind of don't like the captain of the guard anymore. So like, it makes people feel very uncomfortable. Like they don't know if you're doing it on purpose or if you're just like, messing things up. Um, So yeah, I mean, I can see how this, this movie would do that to some people and how some people might get turned off by that. But anyone who who likes getting the rug pulled out from under them? Who savors that experience of being truly surprised by something? Yeah, uh, yeah they're they're going to feel very very satisfied. I feel like religious. agreed, and and just
0: that it it goes from being uh, I feel like I feel like the initial comedy part of it is kind of hooking you in, and and then it's like okay, we got you. <clears throat> We're gonna <laughs> now we're reeling you in with you know it, it's sort of like a, the a, like a great hook in a pop song, you know like ah. uh, <laughs> so well,
1: we're gonna hook you in and then we're gonna r- bring you to the rest of the song <laughs> and I think that we bond through comedy, Yes. I think that if these characters had been morose and somber for the whole first 30 minutes and that just continued it'd it'd be like we're watching it from somewhere else because we're gonna keep our distance because we don't want to be emotionally associated with whatever tragedy is going to befall them yeah but if it's funny then it's like we put our guard down and we start to love them and we start to emotionally invest in their story because we're not afraid and we should be afraid (laughs) (laughs) That's a great um, point. Like it would have felt so
0: I mean, I to use Interstellar as a sort of an example of one that doesn't kind of even though I love it, uh, it it is pretty pretty somber. It doesn't uh, it doesn't give you any kind of any chance to sort of breathe into the film right. in, in the way that this does. That's that's a really excellent point, for sure. Um why do you think Misubu would make them forget their names, and what is the power of names in the movie?:
1: So first part of, the, those are like two big questions. So, like, so, why would Misubu, Misubi, Misubi stop? Why would you stop?) Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's just part of the magic. It's just part of the magic. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. Do you have a theory for why? Yes,
0: because it forces them to focus on the love. It forces them to focus on what really – like if it just said, uh, you know, talky, blah, 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 and here's here's the address of the person, then they wouldn't really have any kind of special bond. They wouldn't really get to really know, you know, like – it would just be so on a, on a superficial level. This gets so much deeper. Oh. And 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 I don't think Taki would be compelled to literally save, or Mitsuo to save the whole town and to, to go to all the efforts that he does uh, if that yearning wasn't the same. And so I think that, that that's why they do it. And that's why it actually, because first I was like, why did he write I love you? That was so stupid. Like, why did they do that? And and but now I once I again once I watched it more times I was like that was so brilliant because that's the one thing that she could really remember.
1: <laughs> <It's> so beautiful.
0: <laughs> oh, man. You're right. It's so beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so I'm like that was the smartest thing to write of all. And yeah, you do have to sort of say, well, that's just the way the religion works. Like, what are you going to do to a certain extent? But I think it actually sort of forces the characters to really focus on what, what really matters. Uh, And uh, so I love it. And yeah,
1: I think even, I would suspect that even a Japanese person who was very familiar with Shinto wouldn't be able to tell you the exact world rules of, of this magic, because it's not, I mean, like, I don't think that you know body swapping is is part of the shinto religion unless i'm mistaken. Right. <laughs> I'm sure it's not um yeah i mean for me i feel like even if i couldn't explain it i felt like it had uh, an ap- applicability to something that we kind of experience in life which is you know i think it's um longfellow who wrote the poem about the ships that pass in the night I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but there's a poem that says, you know, two ships passed in the night and they speak a while in passing. And it kind of describes how like they see each other's light, they're crossing paths, they exchange, and then they part ways because they're going in different directions. And then they go into the oblivion that is the dark night. Um, And I've had a very meaningful relationship in my life that was like that. Um, a, a romantic relationship. And to, yeah. to, to the point where, like, I remember my boyfriend at the time, he was the one who shared that poem with me. And he was like, this is what this is. Um, and so for me, I liked the nature of having this person come into your life, and it's a whirlwind, and they're so important. And then it fades, and then yeah. it's gone. And then all you have is this happy memory of how you think you felt you know I
0: just think I think of that scripture when when Jesus says uh, there'll be many many that say to me Lord 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 Uh, and 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 then he says I knew thee not you know get away from me I know thee not and so it's one thing to to know someone's name it's another thing to know them and so I think that 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 that's sort of what uh, what they're getting at here with the power of names and why it's called your name. And, you know, that uh, that that it's it's one thing to to that Nisua and Taki know each other on a in a on a way that's so much more powerful than than any kind of name could ever could ever get. Yeah. And uh, so it's just that yearning is is I think what is captured so beautifully in this movie that I love yeah. so much. Um so my next question is uh so why do you think, and this is kind of kind of similar so so why do you think that taki feels so compelled to find out about itamori and the the and we I said, what does the movie say to you about the humanity of of the other and strangers? We talked a little bit about that, but mm. um, I don't know why do you think he feels so compelled to, to to find out about itamori uh
1: I mean, I don't think that there's anything more compelling than a a true human bond. (laughs) Like, what what else would you do this for? You know, I don't know. I mean, like, wars have started and worlds have shaken because of single relationships between two people. So I think that it just kind of illustrates how, uh, how deep this has struck in his heart. Um, I think it goes to illustrate his, it's not even, you know, romantic love. It's his bond. It's his bond with her yeah and
0: you've got to i don't know just there's are certain things that you just feel like innately compelled yeah to learn more about and to to understand the humanity of these people and right. uh, our, our fellow humans you know and and uh, and when i remember when i was um like 10 or no what am i saying like 12 middle school whatever that is uh, i went to the uh, holocaust museum and I, I certainly, I had read, your Frank* Frank, you know, there's things I knew about it, um, but there was just something, they give you this card um, when you go to the Holocaust Museum and each, and it gives you an introduction of the person. And then you have your next, and then each sort of each, at least this way they did back then. I don't know if they still do, but, uh, and then each sort of level of the museum, they'll tell you what happened to that person at that level. And there was something about that experience that was just so devastating. Like, I, I just, it, it really is something I'll never forget, that experience. You know, how many things you remember when you were, you know, in middle school. But I'll never forget, you know, just like each step being like, oh, my gosh, this is what happened to this person. And this is the next. And I think that, that this movie really just sort of latch on to that kind of experience. Yeah. That You know, and that's why he he just wanted to know what happened to these people, and he wanted, and he I think he innately felt like he could maybe do something to help these people. For some reason, he couldn't figure out why. Why did he like it happened three years ago? How could he help them? But yet he felt he he needed to, and he felt like he could, and and uh, so it's a I don't know, it's very 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 compelling, and it just builds tension so well because you're just like how is he gonna, how's this going to work? Like, it's three years ago, and they're in different times, and all this stuff, and how is this all going to happen? And so it just draws you into the story so
1: much. Yeah, well, and he, I think that he built so much hope with her, too. I mean, it was like, as they were, you know, growing closer together, I think that they were both just assuming that, I mean, he's only in Tokyo. <laughs> like, they they would eventually meet. And then he has this plan that he's going to meet her. And so there's so much hope in that. Yes, that's And then to true. cut that short, it's like, of course, he's going to feel compelled to like finish this story. Yes. So. Yeah. Cause you almost need to like regain that hope. Right. That
0: yearning still there. Right. And so he had like the little, like, Oh my gosh, you know, and I I can't like, why is it still there? <laughs> if, if you know, you're just, yeah <laughs> oh man so what do you know about like sort of they have this family shrine yeah in uh in um for the for the family mm-hmm. and they 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 do the offering for the kuchama hmm and so this is is this symbolizing in their religion it symbolizes basically like half of mitsua it's like half of her soul is kind of an is that correct or
1: yeah and the only reason that i know that it was half of her soul is because like it's briefly mentioned in the movie and then i just saw that youtube video that was explaining it yeah. um because i don't know a lot about yeah, you I know all of all of how that works we certainly yeah. saw a lot of it um and in japan like they do have a lot of really small shrines that are family owned so that felt very familiar and the, yeah. the interesting thing is too is Um, while some people are going to see that with a lot of respect, it it was really interesting to see the other school mates of Mitsuha being like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that's not me. Um, That was interesting. That was really interesting. Yeah, because I think that the the flip side of that as well, some people are going to respect it, other people are just going to feel like it's archaic. And I think that they're it's interesting cuz like talking with a japanese friend um we we well several japanese friends i talked about spirituality with a lot of them cuz it's something that interests me and it's just something that they in particular did not spend a lot of time worrying about like my friend who was mm. buddhist Um, I said, you know, what do Buddhists believe about life after death? And she just gave me this very vague answer. Like she wasn't really sure. And she's like, but I'm Buddhist. Um, She's not very protective of that. She just is because she's kind of culturally uh, Buddhist. But she – and and I was like, do you really believe this doctrine? Do you believe that this is what it is? And she was like, "Mm, uh, I don't know. Does it matter? Um, So I think that there – that's kind of this rising secular generation that is very disconnected from a lot of the meaning behind these traditions and yet they'll see value in upholding the traditions for the sake of maintaining no. their culture identity. Well,
0: I mean if you think about it though, we learn that I think it's more than just a culture because we learned that, that this was important to her mother. Right. We learned this connection that she had with her mother. Right. And you know, and that this was a source of animosity between her father and mother of the shrine, and and uh, everything like that. And so, I think that's part of the reason why she keeps going, keeps going through with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm always, I'm always bashful about like talking about someone else's religion. So, if I just yeah. misspoke on anything, I completely apologize. I don't want to misstep. Yeah, understand. Yeah, I, I understand. That was that. just from talking with like my friends. Um, they were just kind of they were fascinated by, uh, for instance, like my zealous adherence to my religion. They were just like, mm-hmm. wow, how, why? <laughs> how do you even come to the conclusion that you're so sure that something is true that it would affect the way that you live your life every single day? I just thought that yeah, was really interesting. And
0: I guess like in a certain, with any movie, you kind of have, uh, you have to sort of go with what they're doing or you don't go with it. And, right. you know, like with any film and certainly with one that's as ambitious is this movie that's gonna happen and so there are some people that are I felt were sort of confused by by this this time travel aspect and the kumusake and and all of that but I wasn't I just I just wasn't I, I thought it was just stunning and beautiful when like I said when he sees her whole life, And he gets to sort of experience it reminded me of uh, in in scripture when I think it's Enoch or Moses. I can't remember. Like sees the sees the humanity of all of uh, all of mankind. And Moses in the pearl of of Christ. Yeah. 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 So he's like experiences that. And, you know, and then he even sees the humanity of God. And I I feel like that, that was a very similar experience to what you get here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that in some ways it's on a atonement level, you know, you mentioned Mm -hmm. that Taki has this great empathy for Mitsuha and it's like, why, where does this empathy come from? And it comes from walking in her shoes, you know, experiencing her memories. And that was, you know, what we believe Christ's great sacrifice to be was he experienced our pain. He experienced our lives and was Mm -hmm. therefore able to, you know, fill his bowels with mercy um, because of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And,
0: I mean, that's the great thing about this movie and and any good movie is that it'll help you sort of uh, bond with other people and other cultures and other, uh, you know, gives you empathy for for people. And I, I just felt like this movie was just so, it was just so moving. It was so beautiful. And just this story of these people that, uh, rescue each other. I just thought it was beautiful. Like we all need people in our life who, uh, who rescue us. And that's one thing I've always loved about the story of Cinderella was this theme of rescue, you know, and that you get to your like lowest of low where you, where you feel like you can't go on anymore. And I just hope that I certainly, I have been, but I hope that I, uh, other people have that person who will rescue them and will, and, and, and so I think that there's that great theme in this story too. It's just that, um, and, and not even just Mitsuo and Taki, but the whole town, you know, and the way that that uh, the uh, Misubi is able to sort of orchestrate mm. <laughs> the the rescue of all these people is just, it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Very beautiful. So uh, I, I guess, what did you think about the ending? You know, the with so they 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 don't know where each other are, they feel this yearning, they don't know what's happened. And every once in a while, he will see, like on the subway or whatever, we'll see the braided cord and we'll have this, like, (sighs) you know, moment. (laughs) Yes, and 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 then, uh, you know, and then we get this moment on the stairs where they walk past (sighs) each other and then look. And and then you just see tears running down her face and tears in his eyes, you know, and he's like, I think I know you from somewhere.
1: And, <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> I felt like really? I was watching like the most important football game of the, <laughs> t- like of all time. It was like, because I think if it was an American movie, I'd be like, I know they're going to end up together. Like who cares? You know? Yeah. But with this, I was like, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? And the thing is, too, is, like, one thing that I think that, um, like, Western viewers of Japanese media will miss, like, constantly, is just how strong the, um, like, how strong the, 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 the reservation is, like, when it comes to really expressing your emotions. And this is not a judgment call on Japan at all. It's just totally different. Like the expectation of what you say to strangers and the kinds of things you say to strangers and the kinds of things you say to your friends, like um, it's just completely different and it's a much bigger deal. And uh, so for instance, like with this other anime, Orange, like this character has the opportunity to do this big great thing if she can just talk to this guy and just tell him how she feels and it takes her like the whole series to do it and like the comments underneath people are just like why doesn't she just tell why did she just tell why did she just tell him and it's like no you don't understand like right this is a different country unless you are japanese then it's your country (laughs) like it's not the same thing. And so their hesitation and speaking to each other, tracking each other down, um, it, it's different. And so like for them to have the courage to literally be chasing each other through the streets, I'm like, Oh, I'm getting all emotional. Like, you know, like she gets off the train and like he chases after her and everything. Like this is a big deal. He's doing something so out of the norm and so out of his comfort zone. And so is she. And then it's like, and then they meet and then they see each other. And it's like, again, there's this, emotional restriction, like, should I really say something? Like, what if I, what if I shouldn't? And then they do. (laughs) Ah, So good. It really, it had me wondering until like the last three seconds. Oh, beautiful. Well, and,
0: and like, I, I guess we never want to mistake the sort of forthrightness of American culture for honesty yeah. of emotions. Yeah. That, that, that is definitely not necessarily intertwined. Yeah. Uh, and the people can be very loud and be v- not expressing who they really are at right. all. Right. So I, I think that, uh, that, th- th- this moment, uh, rings, it rings particularly true for Japanese culture. I agree. But also just, it's just a human moment that we sort of walk around Uh, hoping for human connection Mm -hmm. hoping and then like I said we have that moment of connection with the other Mm -hmm. and it just changes everything it changes your life and uh and uh it's hard to be it's hard to be um hateful or racist or homophobic or whatever it might be when you really understand people and really understand the other I feel like you have to actively sort of disconnect yourself from other people in order to sort of feel a lot of those feelings, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah um, so. so yeah, that's the beauty of the, I just, I think the ending was pitch perfect. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like they like ran into each other's arms or like, uh, I wasn't, you know, it was just, I feel like American, an American director would make it so much more melodramatic, would make it so much more. And for it to just be this like, quiet moment. I think I knew you. And tears in their eyes. And then your name. I was just like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: yeah. And so (laughs) the subtlety, I I think the subtlety really makes it kind of reminds me of, um, did you ever get to see the, uh, original shall we dance? It was a movie called shall we dance? Yes. And then did you see the American one with Richard yes. and Jennifer Lopez? Like the subtlety is completely yes. lost. And therefore this, the entire story was lost.
0: That is such a good example That's perfect. I'm glad you thought of that because that is absolutely true. <laughs> like all the things that that movie in the Japanese version that says about marriage and about life and about, hey. about yearning for something <sighs> that, different and and it just becomes kind of an affi- like sort of a yeah. quasi affair story in the yeah. american version It's just yeah, a very 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 good comparison for sure um it just becomes a dance movie what are you going to do yeah. <laughs> in the american version <laughs> uh, as opposed so to something so much better yeah in the japanese version um yeah i don't want them to make this into an american movie yeah i really don't i just yeah. don't uh, maybe there's a couple directors who would do it right, but I don't know. I just don't want them to do it.
1: because,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and they would totally whitewash it, you know. It would be like Star Selena Gomez, and, <gasps> you know, or something like that. Um, so what did you think of the music? Uh, there's this band called Rad Wimps uh, that, uh, that uh, does the music. Um, what do you think of it?
1: I thought it was beautiful. I don't know if it's a soundtrack that I'm going to like buy and listen to just for its own sake, mm-hmm. but I felt like it blended with the movie itself really well to the point mm-hmm. where you don't even really notice it unless you're looking for it, which I think is actually a good yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are a few times when it felt a l- it did feel a little sort of it made it feel a little episodic, mm-hmm. you know, because you had these sort of um montages these musical montages i liked them but i could see that complaint about it feeling almost more like several episodes of a tv show in a way mm-hmm. because of these sort of montages mm-hmm. but i i really 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 i uh, love the music i just spoke to me uh, i i just i i found i just listen to it all the time just because i just it's so relaxing to me mm-hmm. i find it very therapeutic <laughs> And so I I love it. I, but it was interesting. The American dub that was probably the biggest flaw of the American dub was the music because really? uh, when it was translated into English, uh, it felt very rushed. It felt like they were speaking very fast. And and it's so funny because you'd think I prefer it more, I would prefer it more in English because I would know what they were say, saying. But because I couldn't understand what they were saying, it was actually worse. Like I'd rather I'd rather listen to something in Japanese. And just sort of enjoy it, um, versus listen to something in English where I can understand the English. If that makes sense, because mm-hmm. it was felt very, very fast to me. Mm. I don't know. Um, so yeah. Uh, um, let's see here. Okay. So uh, the the last just the uh, the next question I just said was, what do you think of the animation?
1: So. I think that the backgrounds were beautifully rendered. Yeah. The one thing that I loved the very most was the uh, illustrations of rural Japan. Um, I feel like, so I was trying to think of other animes that um, depicted rural Japan a lot. And Inuyasha was one that I came up with. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Um, but it's not, it's not the focus. It's not like, wow, look at that gorgeous background. And then I was like, I guess Pokemon, like they go out in the forest a lot, but you can't even recognize it as Japan. It's just kind of like, it's, it's just really, um, not artistically rendered. Um, so this was like the first time that I felt like someone actually wanted to, it felt like Miyazaki where he was like trying to convey his love for nature. Yes. Someone was trying to convey this love for rural Japan. And I think that that was actually one of the things that I connected the most to with the movie because I'll tell people all the time, uh, they'll ask me about Japan, and they almost always say, like, was it so crowded? And I'm like, no, Japan is like 70% Forested and mountainous. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And like barely populated at all. And the thing is, (laughs) (laughs) and they just have really um, strict laws on like where they can build. And so like, especially in Tokyo, they don't build out. They just build up. Yeah. Um, So they're only using about 30% of the land for people. Um, And one of my really close friends, I call her the rice princess because her dad owns all of these rice fields. And her attitude about having to be the rice princess was kind of the same as Mitsuha's. She was like, get me out of here. (laughs) And then as soon as she was old enough, she was like, off to Tokyo, living in Roppongi Hills, you know, Um, (laughs) and she's a a socialite, like that's her thing. Um, So I just, I, but when I was 19 and I went to Japan for the first time before I lived there, that was where I stayed uh, for about a month and So to me, that's Japan. That's more Japan than Tokyo. And um, when I lived there, I was able to return to Tochigi, this place where she lived, and just look out at the rice fields and listen to the frogs and listen to the crickets and listen to the rushing of the river. And (laughs) it's so this movie, I felt like it just captured that so perfectly. Um, Yeah.
0: Beautiful. One, one movie that I thought of a lot while watching this is when Marnie was there, which was the last final studio Ghibli film. I don't know if you've, you seen that. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I really recommend it. I, I love it. I think it's great. And I don't love it quite as much as this, but I do love it. And, uh, and it has a lot of the same sort of spiritual kind of connections and, and it's done through a family in this case, as opposed to a uh, a, a relationship but it's really a beautiful film uh but it's also set in the country and uh, one of the things that anime just consistently i think does better than any other almost any other any other films like uh, but certainly better than any other animation that's for sure is just the sound design is so perfect i mean when when you know when carriages will step into water it just sounds like whoosh, whoosh, it sounds like water and when they're on grass it sounds like grass and it just feels so lush and so real. Like I totally relate to, uh, to what you're saying. And I love the fact in the animation, the fact that both the city and the country felt like a fantasy in the, because it was for the characters, you know, like, being in the, being in the city for, for Mitsuha is this fantasy for her, and so when you see sort of the lights, and the colors, and the way, like, the way the subway looks, I've never seen a subway that looks so beautiful, and <laughs> uh, it just, I don't know, I just loved that, you know, like, seeing, in and as somebody who grew up in a small town, when you get to go to the to like a real big city for the first time it is so exciting it's so exciting and uh and so i don't know just the the sound design was Mm. perfect i thought in this and in so many other anime films
1: that's funny i've i've noticed the use of silence and wind with miyazaki movies but i've never thought of the sound design as a whole and i wonder if it is connected to something else which is that the japanese language has like innumerable onomatopoeias like everything like the sound a fish makes when it opens its mouth has an onomatopoeia like they have so many more words for sounds and i wonder if that attention to sound Hmm, would have to do with the way that they would film sound because there would be more of a priority (laughs)
0: uh, to <laughs> Tumbling me to say, to
1: what is wrong with you Christine for not seeing when Marty was there? <laughs> I know what is wrong with me? I, you know the funniest thing is like anything that came out while I was in Japan I didn't see isn't that the most <laughs> terrible thing you've ever heard like um, the wind rises and when Marty was there both came out when I was in Japan and I didn't see that in Japan so yeah oh another movie that has amazing
0: sound designs when Marty was there like you get the I mean, uh, is, um, wind rises is cause like there's all these scenes with planes and you get this sound like the propeller, like, and it sounds so real, it sounds wow. so good. Wow. But uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's just this like small detail in a way, but That's it cool. just makes it feel so much more immersive to me and like watching this on the big screen it really was just an awe-inspiring experience. Like, everything about it to me, with the music, with the... It just... Oh, it was almost like it felt 3D, even though it wasn't 3D. There's moments when the photorealism of the 2D animation just took my breath away. Like, when you see, like, I don't know, just the way that the forest looks, the way that the city looks, it just was so immersive. It felt like, ah, so great.
1: Mm. And
0: uh, I don't know. I just was dazzled by it
1: mm, I did feel like there the was word a I would use yeah in the animation for me though
0: uh-huh. um
1: and it kind of reminded me of have you ever seen the I think it's 1986 version of the last unicorn no I never have I never seen that movie we are you are watching it and we're talking about it like, <laughs> we will do because that is I, I could talk about that movie for a long time but <laughs> Uh, one of the things that bothered a friend the first time I showed it to him, we had just read the book together. Like he was doing chores, my dad and I read the book to him. Yeah. And then we sat down and watched the movie to celebrate finishing and some horses came on screen first. And he was like, wow, those horses are so beautifully rendered. And then like the unicorn came on screen and he was like, what happened? He was like, it looks like a marshmallow with legs. And I think that what it was was they were going to have to animate the unicorn for the entire movie. And so they made its design as simple as possible. And I felt like that was kind of what happened with Taki. Like he's, he's fine, but he's not great. And, um, like I mentioned paradise kiss, which you haven't seen yet, but that show it's so obsessed with the fashion world Mm -hmm. that it makes the characters look amazing. in like every shot, Yeah. Uh, and I felt like, I'm like, you paid all this attention to your backgrounds, and it looks so amazing. And then you kind of got this, like, yeah, okay, guy. And then his, his hair was the one thing that bothered me the most, where I was like, mm-hmm. it does look like a little Lego hat that they just stuck on top of his head. And it doesn't move. Mitsu, his hair is much better. Like, hers moves, and I think that they're kind yeah. of showing it with a thread and everything like that, you know, more. So it didn't destroy the movie by any means. Yeah. Can you hear my daughter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No, nah, that's totally
0: a fair point. I'll, I'll grant you that about the character animation. Uh, maybe uh, here, Stahl, whoever's watching okay. this. Right. talk to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote in uh in, to a friend uh about this movie. I said that uh I'll just share this while you're you're doing that. So I wrote to a friend. I said. Uh, this movie, it's all about the humanity of strangers, how people are just a mass of a town or a city until we feel their humanity, and then we will do almost anything to rescue them. The grandma tells us that, start, uh, that the god, uh, Misubai, Misubai, uh connects people and that is what happens with Mitsua and Takai. This is why the only thing that doesn't get erased is I love you and why him drinking the sake at the shrine allows them to switch one last time. It's not just a love story, but a movie about how we all need each other. The time travel part of it is also an element of, of the god and why the braided cords unites them. This just adds tension as Taki follows this impulse that seems impossible yet is deep in his heart. And uh, so <laughs> that that's the movie for me. That's sort of sum- summarizes why I love it so much because it really is not just about a love story, it's about how we as humans need each other and how we need to sort of protect each other uh, and and look out for each other and and sort of recognize each other's humanity and how much better kind of the world would be if we if we did that if we uh, if we understood uh, people and it's so easy I think in modern tech with modern technology to take away each other's humanity uh, you know whether it be uh you know somebody trolling online or or saying doing something mean because that person isn't a person the person is just a name uh on a a twitter feed or just a name you know so we can cyberbully them we can do horrible things to them, but uh because they're not a human to us and uh, you know and and so i I feel like that was such so beautifully portrayed here, and I did love that also in when Marnie was there, I think uh when, and when marty was there it's it was all about how a family could rescue each other uh that um that these characters uh that this this girl was so depressed and so sad and she had all this love around her but she didn't recognize that love and she didn't feel that love and so when the 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 various things happen in the movie uh, it, it really wasn't about sort of the ghosts or the supernatural part of it. It was a family that was all uniting, both beyond the veil and on Earth, to rescue a little girl or or, or a young lady. And that's why I think the movie was so moving and beautiful to me. Uh, but I think that this one, it's a little bit less repetitive than when Marnie was there. I, when Marnie was there, it does have certain scenes that they do, and then they do that same scene again, and then the same scene again. But uh, it, it's still a beautiful movie that I love. Uh, but I think uh, this one is sort of takes a lot of those themes and does this even better. And uh, so I don't know. It's just it's just so beautiful. And uh, like like I said in the in the quote, seeing that you know it's, it's not just about a love story. It's about a movie about how we all need each other. So that's what that's what uh, moved me about it. Let's see here. Oh, I thought I saw her again. Looks like she's not back. I'm back. Oh, you're back. Yay. Yeah, I'm back. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's what really moved me about the story. It's just this this sense of sort of the humanity of strangers and that we really do need each other and that we need to recognize each other's uh, recognize each other's humanity. And but then I also just loved how many... I just loved the whole experience. I loved how funny it was. I loved how beautiful it was. I loved how immersive it was. I loved the characters. Yeah, you can say about the character design. I get that. That's fair. But I still was very attached to both the characters. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like... There's certain things with character design or with characters that they can do them in a certain way that is very... Re- re- like, that turns you off. And I... I Like, if somebody could have a voice that's just really like the in the Black Cauldron, for instance, Black Cauldron has lots of problems. But one of the problems I had with it is that I hated all of the voice choices, they didn't fit, they didn't feel like they belonged to those characters. They it was distracting to have the little dog character talking like Donald Duck. It (laughs) it, it it took me out of the moment, like, he has beautiful moments, but the fact he sounds like that was very distracting. There was never anything like that for me in this movie, you know, as far as the character design, I I just, so I loved the characters, I loved, uh, I just loved everything, I, I, it's just a beautiful, beautiful film, and, uh, but I, I don't know, I, I just love that sort of, that yearning that it captured is probably my favorite. Uh, so, yeah, so what are, what about you, Christine, what are you sort of taking away from it that really that you loved most about it or that, uh, that stuck out to you the most?
1: Mm. Oh, I think for me, the reason that I'm like, this movie is a masterpiece kind of goes along with something that, um, I've heard Hayao Miyazaki say, where people were asking him about the, you know, kind of the lack of romance in his movies. And he talks mm-hmm. about how like he, he likes to introduce these you know, women and men who need each other, and you may f- like, you may feel like there's romance. You may not. It doesn't really matter, because it's not what matters. And I feel like that this movie is a romance that also teaches that, which I think is phenomenal. And I don't like one of the reasons I have a hard time with romance is I think I've talked with you about this before. Is I just have a hard time uh understanding why characters will like each other like it's hard to show why two people would fall in love yeah. in like an hour and a half um and with with this movie it's like no they really fall in love in a way that you don't see very often usually it's like it's, oh wow it's very true like look at his chiseled jaw and like oh he you know he maybe he had a save the cat moment at the beginning of the movie so like you know yes. he's a nice guy and um you know, maybe they'll sing a romantic duet or they'll like the same music. It's like the 500 days of summer thing. What's the line? Just because she likes all the same weird stuff you do doesn't make her your soulmate. Um, she's a great line. Uh, but with this, there's none of that. There's none of it. There's like just them loving the other person for who they are. And in a lot of ways, just for existing, and seeing the value in their existence. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm gonna cry again. But it's like Taki, like he's like, like when he wants to save her, he doesn't wanna save her because she's a damsel in distress. He doesn't wanna save her because he loves her in a romantic sense. He wants to save her because for her to not exist would be a tragedy because he has experienced her existence.
0: Yes, that's so well
1: put. Very, very, very true,
0: very good yes so that's what I like (laughs) that's my takeaway (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm curious uh one last question I'm curious uh what age group do you think that this would you recommend this to or would you watch it with I'm just curious as a parent what would you say
1: you know honestly pretty young (laughs) yeah I think as soon as they could as soon as they were in that phase where they were recognizing their own body parts, that's like the only thing I can think of that might be a little, something that you'd want to talk about. Like, honestly, I think it would be an interesting conversation to have at the age where they're discovering their body parts, you know? Um, not, maybe not with like my five year old. That's not quite the discovery I'm talking about. Um, but like <laughs> 9, 10, 11, Honestly, if they're mature enough to have the conversation, then I think they're mature enough to watch yeah. the movie and to understand it. Yeah, I
0: think so too. Uh,
1: I, because I, I was just the reason I asked because I'm going to visit my nieces
0: on Friday, and uh, I was thinking my I have a niece that's 13 and a niece that's 10 or 11. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, and so I was thinking of taking the two of them, and I think that they can both handle it because uh, my younger niece. Uh, she is very very informed on anime and Japanese culture so I think that especially she can handle it Mm -hmm. Uh, so anyway just curious yeah Uh,
1: yeah I don't think that's bad at all I I think Mm -hmm. it would be and the thing is too I think especially at that age even at 10 I mean my sister and I remember stuffing socks down our shirts and everything like that and Imagining having breasts, it's something that's very curious to girls that are right there, that tween prepubescent age. I think it'd be interesting for them.
0: Yeah. So I think so too.
1: So all right. Well, I think we pretty much covered everything. Did you have any else other parts you want to talk about or I've had a couple things that yeah, please interesting. Let's do. Um there was this really bizarre coincidence that happened between me watching this movie. And us doing this video, and that is, I started reading another book with my son called Jeremy Thatcher Dragon Hatcher that I read when I was a kid, and the dragon's name is Tiamat, and I was like, hmm, okay. And then I watched this movie again the second time just for this discussion, and the name of the comet is Tiamat, and I was oh, like, whoa! Hold the phone. <laughs> so then I had to Google Tiamat. And it's a Mesopotamian goddess of both creation and destruction, and she was a dragon.
0: And interesting I was because
1: like,
0: it, if you think about that, uh, that video that I shared, and I'll put a link down to the video in the description section. Uh, this is huge, Gabor. He goes more into the um, the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So if that's your thing, then you'd like it. But one of the things he talks about is that that for for Japanese culture the 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 comet is not seen as necessarily a, a whole negative because it created this new lake and it created this this you know new new vegetation and this new things and so there's this sort of growth about it and uh, and which i thought was really interesting you know that yes it's obviously a, a loss for humans but but not necessarily a loss as a whole which i thought that was interesting kind of gets uh-huh. what you're saying about creation and
1: yeah, and Shinkai actually in, in that same video he mentions that the director said that the comet is connected to. It's supposed to represent a dragon, and it's shown with the ceremonial. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, I want to say tools that they're using um, because the tool the bells have a dragon woven around them. Hmm. So I was like, they paid attention. Oh to yeah, those here, those those gold bells. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's true.
0: Yeah. And, and so that's both creation and destruction. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it said that. Very good. Just Wikipedia. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot of research, but it said that um, its creation power came from joining salt and fresh water, which I thought was really interesting too, because like that's one of the creation theories is that like these comets or asteroids hit the earth and that was what the they had ice on them and that was brought, brought water to the earth and created life for the first time um so i just thought that was super interesting but yeah it was known as yeah, the destroyer or a sea serpent or dragon um tiamat so i was like
0: that's really cool that's so so really cool so,
1: so random it came from this little book i was reading with my son um Oh, and one thing I wanted to mention that I liked about it, and I'm just going to draw Miyazaki in here all the time, but um, uh, he has this other quote that's – I think it's misconstrued sometimes. Uh, People were kind of outraged when he came out with it, where he was kind of telling his illustrators, he was like, stop watching hentai and basing all of your animation off of other animation. People were like, oh, Miyazaki hates porn, which is like a conversation for another day. Um, (laughs) But what he was saying and what Miyazaki is this like avid, avid proponent of, is not studying animation to create animation, but to study life. Um, And in um, some documentary, I remember I was watching about Spirited Away, he's talking to his animators about how to get Chihiro to open this dragon's mouth. And did you ever see this?
0: Um, The the documentary?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Or did you see this? I, I haven't. So he's talking I mean, to his animators. I've
0: seen Spirited Way many times, but, but yeah, yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't seen this.
1: Okay, so I'll have to hunt it down to show you because you'd love it. But he's talking to his animators about how to illustrate Chihiro getting um, this, thing, getting the dragon's mouth open so that she can put the medicine in. And oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like, you know, it's like when you have a dog and you're trying to get your dog's mouth open. That's what I want it to look like. And all the animators are like, mm-hmm. and he's like, how many of you own a dog and no one raises their hand? And he just gets like super pissed. <laughs> he's like, how can you illustrate life if you don't live your life? And he's like, this is so stupid. Because he's like, you don't know. Like you have to have the experience in order to draw it. And I feel like that is where I get kind of ticked off with of anime is when I'm watching it. I'm like, we just feel like we're watching the same rehashed thing over and over. Like. Is anyone going outside at any point? And um, I think that that yeah. is the power of Miyazaki's animation. And I felt like this movie had that same power. Like, these yes. people actually went out. They actually, like, observed human movement and interaction and, like, what's really going on in the world around them. And then they brought that to the table. Yeah. Uh, it makes yeah, it fun.
0: feels very... Uh, and you could say, well, well why do you... you can make. I don't know, like you could make The Jungle Book or something like that and obviously not have been to a jungle or, you know, things like that. Like you don't have to – you can make a movie about the Renaissance and obviously you haven't lived in the Renaissance. But that's that's kind of not what he's talking about, I I think, I can imagine. He's talking about sort of having um, – not just copying what other, people's, other people do, but like having authentic sort of experiences and having creating human moments. And that's what this does – so well, and that's what you know. In all the craziness of something like Spirited Away, he does such an amazing job of creating these sort of human moments for Chihiro and these bonds with these characters throughout the story. Uh, and certainly, you get that here, and you know that uh, that it it dazzles you, it surprises you, but uh, it it also has that humanity for sure.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Very um, good. Let me see if I had anything else that was, like, so important I have to bring it up. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> there were a bunch of just, like, random things.
0: Well, and everybody is, a lot of people are saying that Mikoto Shinkai is the new high Miyazaki. And he really resents that. He doesn't like that. And I can totally see why. Because uh, that's a lot of pressure, first of all, to be <laughs> called the new Miyazaki. And also, uh, you know, you want to be your own your own thing you want to be your own uh pre- you want to be appreciated for your own level of genius and not uh you don't want to be like I don't know like his his work is good enough and strong enough that it deserves to be appreciated on its own level so I can understand why out of respect for Miyazaki first of all but also out of just sort of wanting to be his own thing you know
1: Absolutely. that he would say that well, and anybody who does value the kind of thing I was just describing, where they're like, "We're going to go out and we're going to find our own way to express this thing that we see," you know, they're not going to want to feel like there's some version of someone else's work. You know, that's exactly yes. what they're avoiding. Um, so yeah, I could definitely understand that because he
0: he loves uh, he loves Miyazaki so much. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who wouldn't? I mean.
1: Well, and I think too, like Miyazaki, I mean, he was he is a genius but there are still some limitations th- that affected his work. Um, I think that like Spirited Away, for instance, is again, it's another masterpiece, but the animation in it is tragically inconsistent um, and Miyazaki knew it. <laughs> uh, they they were rushing like crazy. It was, they. he had his people working like 24 seven around the clock in order to try to finish it on time. He had a couple things in common with Pixar in that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm never, I'm just so dazzled by it. I, I must admit, I, mm-hmm. I don't even notice that <laughs> it's Probably mm-hmm. as an animation critic, I probably should, but I don't know. It doesn't, so, it doesn't
1: ruin the movie by any means, but yeah. Yeah. The old, I think the only thing that I had um, written down, I don't think it's like a huge point. I guess it kind of just adds to, a point I was talking about earlier where um, the emotional reservation is greater with Japanese culture is they translate what Taki writes on Mitsuha's hand as I love you. Um, but there are like five at least, at least different ways to say I love you that I just, I know like in Japanese um, you have like the most serious, which is like nato aishiteru desu, which is like, No one ever says that because it's so serious. I mean, that's like, like my, my friends, I have like friends who have never said this. They're like in their thirties. They've dated men for like years and they've never said that. And like, they've never heard their parents say it to each other. Mm. Like it's so serious. And the thing is, is by not saying it, you keep it sacred, you know, so that it, really means something like that's the thought behind that but then you have um things where like you love food you know where you say like daisuke or whatever and he like but taki writes to Mitsuha is skida which is just like it's like less than what you'd say about a meal you like oh really it is it's not that's interesting yeah, it's not this like punch in the face. Like I love you so much forever. It's it's not even close. Oh. Okay. But the thing is, is I feel like this is one of the things where if I I would appreciate it more if I were Japanese because I would know what the exact connotation of of skida mean because it, it's also slang. Like he's not even saying like skides, like that, like, like that's what it should be, but. He shortens it to like "skida," and I'm like, it's it's, and, and maybe it's because he's in a hurry. I don't know. So I, I'm gonna have to like find a Japanese person and and try yeah, interesting. to pick their pick their brain on like why would it be "skida" and not even like Daisuke, which is like the level that they put in like Card capture Sakura when Sakura finally tells the guy that she likes him, she like hmm. jumps at him with the moon behind her, and she's like Daisuke. <laughs> so. Anyway. Yeah, that's the great thing about this
0: movie is there's so many layers. That was something yeah. I never, of course, I never even thought of because I didn't know I, that. Because so. this means I love
1: you. We've only got one phrase. We, we yeah. say the same exact phrase for like, I love this meal and I love my husband. Like, <laughs> there's no difference. <laughs> yeah. so.
0: It's kind of like a, there's an episode of uh, Big Bang Theory where, where the, the, uh, uh, Leonard tells Penny that he loves her and she can't say it back. She's too like shy or whatever, and later on they're uh, they're eating eating out, and she says, "I love these cheese fries." And he's like, "You could say it to cheese fries, but that to me, right?" <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> that's just the failing of language. <laughs> and m- maybe yeah. that's that's the theme because like their names, for instance, fail to convey their essence their full identity and they forget their names, but they don't forget the love. And even the phrase I love you fails to convey how he feels about her. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's very true for sure. That there's something more powerful about him saying I love you, even if it's on that more familial, or, I mean that more friendly kind of relationship, is still I think maybe more powerful than just him writing his name, which the name would have been erased anyway. So if, if she if he had written his name that would have been erased. So, right. um, so yeah. it's, it's very, very, very interesting. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> I can't
1: wait to see it on, to get it on DVD and yeah. Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I was um. going to ask you, do you know that scene where he, um, he's talking to his friends and he refers to himself for his, like he does the whole, he goes through the Watashi, Watashi, Boku, Ore thing. Do you remember that scene? Hmm.
0: He's talking with his friends,
1: and say it again, say it again, which part of it? So, in the the Japanese version with the subtitles, he Uh refers to himself as I, but he has to do it four different times, because they have so many different forms of I, so many different ways of referring to yourself in Japanese. And so, in the um, subtitled version, it says I, and then it puts in parentheses watashi which is like proper but then his friends are like huh and then he's like i mean watashi which is like super proper and they're like what and then he's like boku which is like 90s they're like who are you and then he's like i mean ore and they're like oh yeah yeah okay
0: um (laughs) i forgot about that scene i've seen it so many times and i
1: so I, uh, I forgot. Yeah, I was going to ask, scene. like, how did they do that in English? Because how could you dub that? You is remember? that when they're eating? Or when, when is yeah, that? Yeah, they're eating. It's like the basketball court on the roof, I think.
0: Um, You know, it's, I can't remember. I yeah. can't remember what I was they so do. I, yeah. Because
1: I think you'd, next time. you'd probably See just it. lose it in the dub. You just wouldn't have it. I think it. you do. I think you do. Yeah yeah so, and that's funny too, because that's um there's a gender parity there because uh, I don't know how much you know about Japanese, but like boku's only for boys, and okay. if, if you're like a crazy intense tomboy, then a girl might be like boku if she's kind of acting machismo about what she's doing, but um like and then the new one is Ore, but only boys do it, so girls don't get to use those, and so I think it's interesting because like misuha is in this position where she has to literally rethink the word I you
0: know, that's a very good point
1: be seen as a boy uh, uh, so I, I kind of love that I feel like that's kind of an easter egg that you're not going to get unless you have a little bit of that background so I guess that is one of those places where yeah, but it's but there were joke. a couple
0: there were a couple things like that you know where uh, where you know she she had kind of even with things like uh, uh where she asked the the um coworker to take off her skirt and there's like this oh, you know in the shade rallies oh wait I'm a I'm a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't <laughs> her yeah, to yeah. do that. So there were there were there were some really good moments like that for sure. Yeah. Um all right. Well, I think we covered it pretty well. Uh, and I really appreciate you joining me on this cuz there's nothing I like more than nerding out about a about anime and your name. <laughs> Likewise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, <good.
0: laughs> So uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh, People can find me on Twitter at MRSCTYLER or Mrs. C. Tyler. Um, They can find me on Instagram with C the letter Tyler Insta for my family account or C the letter Tyler, uh, what is it, books, I think, for like my book account, C. Tyler Books. Uh, Yeah, and then my YouTube channel is C. Tyler Vision or youtube.com slash ctylervision. So, yeah. Sweet. And I'll have those uh, links
0: uh, in the uh, in the description. I have them. If you could send, if you get that, that video that you were talking about with Miyazaki, I can put that link in there yeah. also. Yeah, I'll do that. So, all right. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's, we'll have to make sure to get together soon. And if any of you, when you guys see your name, put your comments in and uh let us know what what you thought about it and uh and thanks thanks again it'll yeah. be
1: fun so.